Manimal here. It's Thursday, November 23rd, and today on a special Thanksgiving edition of Texas Rangers with the boys, Kevin and I, we're going to tell you what we're thankful for. We're also going to talk about Adrian Beltre in the Hall of Fame. We've got a little bit of Mariners trade talk, but mostly we're just telling you what we're thankful for on this special Thanksgiving edition of Texas Rangers with the boys. Welcome back to Texas Rangers with the boys. We are the boys, your daily Texas Rangers podcast by a couple of guys who, former pro wrestlers who love Rangers baseball or pro wrestlers. I messed that up, but who cares? It's Thanksgiving. We're living the dream. If you didn't know, the Texas Rangers are your 2023 World Series champions. And we here at the show would like to thank you for making us the first listen of your day and Listen to us on a holiday. This is your boy, Kev, a.k.a. YBK, Kevin Frazier. If you want to find me on social media, that is Kevin Lee Frazier. That's F-R-A-Z-I-E-R. Don't forget to check out Texas Rangers with the boys on social media at TXRangersWTB. Don't forget to check out our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. One word. Just one word. Joining me here today, dreaming of sweet potato pie having dreams of sweet potato pie dancing in his head the 300 pound animal aka bull how you doing buddy where can they find you on socials and did you fast uh are you gonna fast for thanksgiving so you can go extra hard uh on on that food no absolutely not i went to colorado instead okay okay yeah yeah uh, um, um no but <laughs> Oh man, we're we're just getting ready here over, you know, putting the final touches on on some Thanksgiving stuff that I didn't already have done and and we're just getting ready to have get over to the family to to uh to be thankful for all the things that I have in my life and and all the things mm-hmm. that uh that uh are are so great to, to me. So we're, you know, I mean we're going to kind of keep that in that mode today with the show because we're going to talk about the things that we're thankful for as texas rangers fans and uh i think that's going to be a fun time i know we got some news to get to before we get there but uh um you know just uh just getting ready for thanksgiving i i I know my mom made dressing and that's really all that matters Mm. Uh, you know Mm. uh, i'm looking forward to that there's, there's absolutely not. If, if you're a, if you're a, a, a Texas Rangers with the boys day one, or you know that uh, stuffing is my, is my go-to. Mm. But anyways, uh, you know we're 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 getting ready for it. We're looking forward to it. Uh, football coming on here in a little bit, but uh, before that, we got to talk about some baseball. And uh, before we talk about baseball, I have to tell people that you can find me on the X there or the Twitter at Manimal Bull, Instagram Manimal 300, and both Facebook and TikTok uh, Bull Pro. And, you know, today's the day where you as uh, our our hardcore listeners can help spread the gospel by having a bunch of people in your house and playing uh, Texas Rangers with mm. the Bulls, uh over the over the background of that Lions game, because, you know, no one's going to mm. really be paying attention to Bears-Lions. Normally, it's for the other reason, but this year it's going to be because of the Lions instead of the Bears. Mm, mm. Well, hey, I'll, I'll give you a full hot, hot take on that. I think uh, 
now that the Bears have uh, basically lost their whole season, they're going to change their playing style back to what actually works, and they're going to go and be a spoiler all second half of the year like they were last year. And I guarantee you that Justin Fields is going to go off uh, on go off in that afternoon game. But if I were you, I'd put that game on mute. I'd put Texas Rangers with the boys on and uh, contemplate about what you're thankful for uh, as a Rangers fan and Bull. Is there if there was ever a year to talk about what we're thankful for with this Texas Rangers organization, this team? Um, this is the year. I mean, this yeah. is it, right? I mean, yeah, because I mean, last year we were thankful that like the Rangers finally scrapped Chris Woodward's iPod or iPad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, that's what we were thankful for last year. Done <laughs> to be thankful for. We were like, oh man, they took the apps away from Chris Woodward. We're going to be. Thank- Set free, and you know, I mean, I guess at this time we would have been thankful for that they were, you know, they they had uh Bruce Bochy and Mike Maddox in place, mm-hmm. so that's always that would have been last year. And they, you know, those guys may hit the uh list again this year, um, oh, just man. because they're so awesome and so great to have around the clubhouse. And and you know, you feel confident knowing that Bochy and 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 is your manager and Mike Maddox is your is your uh pitching coach. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, hey, before we start talking about what we're thankful for, um, let's kick it off with a little bit of baseball news. Um, there was a, I would call it, I don't know if it was a big trade, but a very interesting trade. Uh, the Seattle Mariners, uh, what, I mean, do what do they know? We don't know what they're doing, but do you think they know what they're doing? Well, I, I don't know. They have these, you know, go in and out of uh, of making moves that, you, you question and, and, you know, I mean, a lot of the reason why the, the Mariners have two playoff appearances this century and, and no world series is to show for it. I mean, you know, they trade Arizona diamond, or, I mean, they trade you, you, Eugenio Suarez to the Arizona diamondbacks to really help them fill a need and then, you know, create, really a, a an open space for the Mariners instead of like offloading someone because they've been like forced off the, uh, off the field. You know how many times we've talked about that with Rangers players that everybody's ready to trade. And I'm like, let's get somebody forcing them into the trade market right? instead of just sending them away. Um, you know, the Mariners are going to get a, a relief pitcher in Carlos Vargas and a backup catcher that's probably ready for the big leagues and Sebi Zavala. But, you know, I've seen a couple of things. People say, oh, the the Mariners are downloading uh, payroll or whatever. But but really, I mean, Suarez is on the books for like 11 million this year. That's like, I mean, for a guy that's going to probably 25. Yeah, I mean, he's going to hit 25 and drive in 75 to a hundred somewhere in that mark, you know, area right there. And I mean, not a, not a huge haul back for Seattle. I mean, I know there's some, uh, you know, I mean, I know Vargas is a good arm, but you know, Zavala isn't proven and, and, you know, they've got a pretty good catcher and Kyle Raleigh up there. So I don't know, you know, I mean, who knows? And may make Cal Raleigh expendable in the next couple of years if Seattle isn't winning um, down the, you know, in the in the next uh, after 
this year, you know, or, or if they're not winning with the pitching staff they have, you know, those guys might be, um, you know, available at the deadline. And I mean, Cal Raleigh by that, but yeah, interesting move for the Mariners. I'm not exactly sure what they, I mean, it was a no doubt sure thing or for the, the Diamondbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Just a really, you just kind of don't know what Seattle's doing. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there with just the, um, you know, this is why this team has struggled for 20 years. I guess you've, you brought up, you know, like it's least, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's a head scratcher and and it's like, um, and, and it's not we like, you know, we feel I mean, their pain, right? Like not necessarily as bad, but like, we know what it's like to have an organization where you don't really know what the heck they're trying to do. One, one they're competing and, you know, the next year they're they're not. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, I mean, it'd be different if they weren't like what they missed the playoffs by a game this year and, uh. and put together a nice run down the stretch to get themselves into contention. And, I mean, it's not like this is a team that like, oh, you know what, we, we, we've hit our, you know, we've hit our uh, – um, the the top of our what we can do with this team i mean because they're just going to getting started with kirby and miller and and all them good strong arms they have yeah yeah and i yeah it's They'll be it, getting but, robbie you know, ray back this year right yeah they're going to have a they're going to have a really nice starting pitching Luis castillo is the top of that rotation yeah they might have they might have on paper you know one of the best if not the best rotations uh, in baseball and and they really for years to come because most of these guys they've got uh, locked into long-term contracts but you know who knows what uh, what Seattle's thinking uh, and, and and they also you know sometimes and we've seen this in baseball probably more than any sport I think you can have addition by subtraction sometimes moving a few pieces around that may not make any sense outwardly may make sense in that locker room it may help gel a little bit may fit like what you're trying to do strategically a little bit better. Um, you just never know. So um, we, we don't, we don't know what the, how this is going to affect Seattle long-term because the moves are just getting made uh, right now. And there's a lot of, awesome yeah, there's a ton left to happen. Yep. So let's, uh, I don't think we've got anything else around the league. I think that was probably the big news. I think, wasn't there another trade? Didn't the Cubs, did the Cubs make a trade? Uh, I didn't see it. I, I mean, if it was really minor, I probably didn't have anything in on it. Yeah, I think that I think there was another there was another little move that got made, um, and I want to say it was like maybe the Cubs. I, I think I found it on the on the hot stove or something like that. But hey, before I bring that up, so I don't sit here and listen. Uh, I'm not sitting here just like looking for news on uh, on the on the baseball app. Why don't we uh, Why don't we talk about um, the the biggest Ranger news really I think going right now and that is uh, Adrian Beltre is a uh, is on the Hall of Fame ballot and I think you and I both probably agree like whether he gets it or not a deserving um, deserving first ballot Hall of Famer oh yeah I think uh, if you look at this list of guys that are on the Hall of Fame ballot and you look around I mean he's the only sure thing on there. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, there's other guys that are pretty close, you know, um, there's some guys that are sure things, but they've got something tied to them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Manny, Manny Ramirez and Gary Sheffield are probably sure things, but they were the last of that scrutinized, mm. you know, steroid mm. crew. Um, I think Todd Helton is a Hall of Famer. If you, I mean, you know, I, I don't think that he, uh, uh, you know, he's biding his time, but I think he's probably a Hall of Famer at some point. Um Joe Maurer is on the list. I don't know. Uh, you know who uh, a guy on the list that I think is a Hall of Famer that it's kind of, you know, it should have been more obvious than this is Andrew Jones. Mm, yeah, he was uh, the best player at his position at a premium position for a uh, year. Good, good time, yeah. Yeah, yeah he was, speaking was of another player. guy that was the best player at his position at a premium position in the other league at that time, uh, Tory Hunter is on the list. Um, uh, A-Rod would be a Hall of Famer if it wasn't for a couple of uh, steroid uh, st- scandals and, yeah, yeah. and suspensions. Um, here's another interesting, there's a couple of interesting closers on this list. One of them is K-Rod, Francisco uh-huh. Rodriguez, and the other is Billy Wagner. And I'm kind of mm-hmm. under the impression that I think Billy Wagner and K-Rod should both get into the Hall of Fame um, I know it took guys like Lee Smith uh, a couple of all the ballots and, and getting to the Hall of Fame committee. So who knows on that? Um, you know, there's other guys that are interesting. Chase Utley, Bobby Abreu, a couple of old Phillies are interesting. Carlos Beltran kind of has that Houston thing hanging over his head and getting suspended as a manager. Um but you know Joey Bats is on there for the first year, but I don't. I, he might stick for a couple of years, but I don't think he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Mark Burley's on there. Bartolo Colon, Adrian Gonzalez, Matt Holiday, all kind of you know Victor Martinez, all Hall of really good, but maybe not Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Jose Reyes, Brandon Phillips, Andy Pettit, uh, Ch- uh, Omar Vizquel, Chase Utley, uh, James mm-hmm. Shields, Jimmy Rollins. Those are the other names on there, but uh, Adrian Beltran, I, I imagine he's the uh, he's the for sure guy this year. Um, he'll be a first ballot guy, in my opinion. If if they're looking past those Mitchell reports for um, David Ortiz, then they're going to have to look past him for Adrian Beltran, who has three thousand hits, four hundred and fifty home runs, six hundred plus doubles. Uh, you know, he's got the numbers. He was a, a gold glover and all-star. I was going to say, and, and even if the numbers were a little bit less than that, they're His stellar D. Yeah. I mean, what he did was, at third base, bro, like, it, it, it is a thing of legend. Like, yeah. it, it really is. Like when, it, he, when he came over to Texas, I was kind of thinking in my head that, like, you'd see a little bit more uh, or a little bit improved defense over Michael Young, who's playing out of position and not really a third baseman in the first place. But, like, the difference between Michael Young and mm. and uh, Adrian Beltre was just – I mean, it was just night and day. Well, like, see. the difference between yeah. Adrian Beltre and any other third baseman I've ever watched on a regular basis. Yeah, I mean, if we were talking about last year at this time, you know, Scott Rowland having a chance to get in and ended up getting in because mm-hmm. of his defense prowess and – you know, being a good offensive player. Well, Beltre was a great offensive player and on top of that, a great defender. So, um, yeah, but he's sitting with all the numbers. He's He's got the pretty war too. I mean, I think it's somewhere over 100. 
um, or, or close to it if it's not. But he's just – he was a special player in Texas. He was a special player in Los Angeles. Uh, I know he had a little bit of trouble up in there in Seattle playing up to his uh, contract. But, uh, you know, lots of fun here in Texas and and probably one of the, the best defenders I've ever seen live on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, it's crazy. Some of the plays that he would make, that he would make these these just insanely awesome plays, and they just made it look easy and did it on a regular basis. So, um, and I'm actually with you uh, with the relievers. I think I, now Rodriguez, um, you know, I could see hit hit on the fence a little bit, but Wagner, man, like he was, I mean, he was like feared, like he was. He was a guy that like no one wanted to see uh, coming out of the bullpen during his time period as a reliever. So, uh, yeah. and I'm not saying Rodriguez wasn't. It's just uh, you know when you brought those names up immediately, I was like, oh man, like Wagner. You know, uh, K. Rod's <laughs> got the all-time uh, saves in a season record. He's also mm. a, a world championship. Uh, mm. So you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, not to take anything again away from Wagner, he was legit throwing a hundred miles an hour back in the day when guys weren't throwing a hundred on a regular basis. Um, so you know, when that was special, he he had it, and you know, Wagner was a special guy, and he, uh, um, you know, I think he's at some point going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I also agree with you about Andrew 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 Jones. Um, agreed. I think you know. Uh, a, a guy that did some pretty special things in his career and was an awesome defender. So uh, that's my two cents on the hall of fame guys. Um, who, who, do you have, who do you have getting in? You do, you, you're going to stick oh, to oh. Beltray or you got a, a any oh, how many can get in? I, I don't know. Well, the you can vote for, you can vote for up to 10, but I'm not, a, I'm not, you know, you got to make 75% of the ballots. So Ugh, of all the guys that 10. you mentioned, yeah, of all the guys that you mentioned, I mean, I obviously would put – I'm not as – as um, I'm a little more forgiving apparently because I would not put – I would put A-Rod in. I would put Ramirez in. I would put uh, the other cat that you brought up that's awesome. I'd put – uh, who, who was – Sheffield, yeah. Those guys would all be in for me. Do you mind taking those? Um, but it, but as far as the guys that aren't controversial, I think Beltre goes in. I think uh, I put Wagner in there, and I would put Andrew Jones. Those are probably the three that stood out to me the most. And if the stats are there, if I, I'm not looking right at them, if if Rodriguez has the stats, put him in. I think these bullpen guys have shown how important they have been, or how important they really are over these last, I'd say, decade. Um, and they need to get a little more love uh, from the Hall. Yeah, I think if I had uh, if I had a free ballot to put ten guys in, I would uh, give Bobby Abreu a nod because when you start comparing his numbers to other Hall of Famers, they're a lot closer than huh? you would think. Adrian Beltre for sure. Um, Todd Helton would get a vote from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I could agree with Andrew that one. Jones would get a vote from me. Um, uh, Manny Ramirez would get a vote from me. A Rod would get a vote from me. Uh, K-Rod would get a vote from me, Gary Sheffield would get a vote from me, and Billy Wagner. So I would use nine out of ten. I I think that there's nine guys that have a real case for being in the Hall of Fame, and there's other guys like Carlos Beltran that, you know, he's going to have a hard time with me because of being on Houston. 
and then they well, get in the suspension as the manager and never even managing the game. Right, right. Well, that's good for me. Um, I, those, those are who I got. I like your picks as well. Um, why don't we tell them a little bit about what's happening next Friday? Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting closer and closer as uh, Thanksgiving you know, gets going here today. That puts us just a uh, one day away from being one week away, and then uh, you know that that makes my predictions for Monday when the show was a lot closer to correct. But anyways, we're uh, we're just about a week away from the Winter Classic. Matt War Pro is coming back at, to Martin House Brewing uh, in East Fort Worth there, over off one twenty one. And we're going to be back with a brand new show. It's a it's a great idea. The winter classic teams are going to be picked at random. The winner of the thing, the winner of the whole thing, gets a Stanley Cup type uh, trophy that's going to uh, continue to roll every winter month or every year during the winter months. And we'll have uh, the winter classic, and uh, we'll continue the the namesake and, and, and just like the Stanley cup. And it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to be a part of it and uh, I'm excited to see who my tag partner is going to be. And uh, hopefully, hopefully I can get me a good draw and we can, we can <laughs> run right through that. But uh, Friday, December 1st, Martin house brewing company, everybody in, in DFW knows where that is because they got some of the best brews in, in, in all of the world. And, uh, uh, we're going to be out there 7:30 ish bell time. Uh, bring your appetite. Cause we're going to have food trucks out there and bring your uh, sweet tooth because Starry's ice cream is going to be out there. And uh, uh, if you don't have a sweet tooth and uh, you have a beer tooth, huh. you should, uh, you should try out the new body slammer IPA from uh, both Matt War pro and Martin house. It's a, it's a really good, it's a really good beer. I enjoyed it. The uh, the couple that I got at the last show, and uh, I'm just looking forward to seeing everybody out. Matt War Pro Friday, December first. Love it, love it, love it. Well, let's without further ado um, jump into. We didn't. We have absolutely no idea what the other person is going to say um, here, but we're going to talk about what we're thankful for uh, with these Texas Rangers this year. Um, I think it goes without saying, I don't think we have to go and say we're thankful that we won the World Series. Um, I think that one kind of goes without saying, don't you? Oh, that was my first one. Oh, well, we agree. So we can move (laughs) on past that one. Um, And uh, I'll turn it over to you, man. Like, uh, what was your what's the first thing? It comes to mind when you say what you're thankful for with these Rangers. Well, the first thing that I'm thankful for is that Jose LeClerc found his fastball. Mm, mm, that was first, first and foremost. I know there's other things to be thankful for, but uh, Jose LeClerc throwing 94 miles an hour in April and May was an ugly, ugly sight. But Jose LeClerc throwing 97 to 99 in, in September and October was about as beautiful as it gets. So I'm very thankful that uh, Jose LeClerc was able to find his fastball there in the middle of months. Oh man. Um, yeesh. That was, uh, that was very, very specific. Uh, I was going to be super generic, uh, but I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't want to forget it because a lot of times we, we get yakking and forget stuff and I like, Oh, I'll save it till the end. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I mean, I, I Bruce Bochy, man. Like I'm just, 
I, I mean, I don't know, man. Like, I don't think it has truly set in like, like how, how big of an impact, like he, as a, as just a person, as a, as a, as a ranger, you know, has had on like my ranger fandom. I don't think I've really grasped it yet, but I think as like my life goes on and like my son gets raised and he gets older and, and I start telling him about, you know, uh, you know, his second year of life and, and about the Rangers winning the world, their first world series. Like I won't, it's just, it would not happen without Bochi. So for me, I, I have to I have to put Bruce Bochi right there at the first of like, Hey, there's a lot he did that I'm thankful for, but ultimately I'm, I guess you could say I'm thankful for CY bringing in Bruce Bochi. Yeah. Getting him, getting him out of the rocking chair and, Mm-hmm. And making them see that uh, you know you can you can win a fourth one of these, and we've got a team here that we're going to put together for you. That's give you the opportunity. And you know, I mean, it's, it's like you were telling Baron about 2011 there in the mm-hmm. chair, right there, because mm-hmm. I heard him. He was like, he was like, "Why are you going to tell me about David Freeze's home run?" Again? <laughs> but you know, like. uh as as much as I enjoyed those years that the Rangers had early in 2010, 2011, I mean, the, the, the thankfulness of like actually having that world series championship, whether it goes without saying or not is, is it's mm-hmm. so different because, you know, like for so long, it was just like a, a foregone conclusion that, Oh, you know, you're just going to go another year without enough, without a championship or without an opportunity to win a championship. And it feels like in the last couple of years, even whenever, you know, Simeon and, and Seeger weren't able to just, you know, orchestrate a hundred win season by themselves last year, uh, right. you know, uh, uh, you saw that they were trying, you saw that the, you know, like you said, and, you know, maybe you weren't just as, as so super stoked on Simeon and Seeger at the time, but mm-hmm. the, the effort that you talked about, the, that effort of wanting to win, like, that's like the thankfulness, like, that we that I have for the Rangers right now is like, that just how much they want to win, how much they're, like, how much they were willing to do in the last two off seasons to not only, like, change the the win-loss column for the Rangers, but, like, changing that culture in the locker room, changing that culture of what the Texas Rangers are. We've got to, you know, like just saying like, Hey, we got a dome here now. Like there's, you don't, you don't have to say no to me now just because you don't want to pitch in the, in the hundred degree heat or whatever the case may be, <laughs> you know? So like, I think like just seeing that like Texas can be a place where pitching comes to thrive and not a place where pitching comes to die is like, I mean that's as exciting as anything, and 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 hoping that like there's an idea that they're going to continue to focus on starting pitching and and bringing the best rotations they can to surprise every every February, and then whenever you know things are getting tough in in August, they're willing to you know make those risks at the end of July to to take that thing to the next level and and get them over that hump and and at the trade deadline and that's that's kind of just all you've ever wanted to really see from the rangers and when you're seeing yeah it, it's them trying kind of a beautiful thing them yeah. making an effort you know hey yeah. you know what uh you know who you know kind of who and what i'm thankful for um i'm thankful for uh mitch garver during that stretch when he carried the team uh with his bat when it just seemed like everything might have been falling apart 
And then just kind of out of nowhere, uh, Mitch Garver got, you know, ended up working his way. I think he ended up working his way up to like third or fourth in the lineup. And I mean, I know we'd had guard. There was a period there where Garcia might've been out or Seager might've been out. Um, Heim might've been out. Uh, like, yeah. I think Heim yeah, we, we had Young some, we had some, and, and yeah, Garcia Josh Young. <laughs> went down at the same time and this thing mm-hmm. turned around and won eight games. Yeah. 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 So thankful for that because man, like, like that period of time, you know, and, and the guy, again, I was probably the most critical person of uh, Mitch Garver and, you know, and I don't mean it like, I don't mean it in like really truly like a negative way, just calling a spade a spade that, you know, the guy is just historically not been able to stay healthy. Um, and man, he just like, ultimately that whole contract that maybe we didn't feel like we got the value out of that. We probably could have, I think, I think the, the way he played in the playoffs, but he, the, also the role he played in, down the stretch there uh, made it all worth it, made every every bit of it worth it. So well, thanks, for, a, thanks was, for that. That was that Isaiah Kiner-Falefa trade that mm-hmm. they made and that, you know, I mean, they went out and signed Seager. They went out and signed uh, Simeon. Well, there's no spot for Isaiah Kiner-Falefa anymore, and they're able to send him up to Minnesota and get – Mitch Garver, who I think at one point they believed was going to catch, uh, you know, 110 to 115 ball games a year for him. And that never ended up being the case. But, uh, you know, when he was healthy last year at the beginning of the season um, and hitting, uh, because I know mm-hmm. he had the flexor tendon gim- gimmick that uh, took his second half of the season from him or whatever, but. Um, when he was hitting, he was all right at the plate. There was nothing wrong with Mitch Garver at the plate. And, uh, you know, this year when he got back, he was healthy. You know, there were certain points of the year, like you said, you know, where his bat carried the team. And, you know, early in the year, he was looking primed to have a big season. I mean, second game of the year, he hits a couple of three-run home runs. And and you're thinking, all right, this Mitch Garver kid, if he can stay healthy, and then he has an <laughs> injury that – took a couple of months of the season from him, but for the most part, you know, he stayed healthy and he looked good down the stretch and, and uh, you know, his bat carried that thing a little bit and, and there in the playoffs, whenever they inserted him into the lineup, it forced teams to have to go at Corey Seager. And you saw what happened then. Yeah. Um, hey, you know, a, a player that kind of is a little bit lost and forgotten in uh in kind of the grand scheme of things because you know maybe he wasn't as big of a standout during that um during really the world series run but we wouldn't have been where we are without him i'm thankful for dane dunning uh in his career year that he had this year because uh he did so many different things this year that i think just um had to be hard you know and like and it was great because i remember at one point i was like man if i was him i would i would I would know I shouldn't be frustrated, you know, but, um, but I would be, you know, just by nature, just naturally knowing that this is what I do. Well, this is the role. This is what I want to be doing, but to help the team, you know, I'm going to do this other thing, which is, you know, come out of the bullpen, even after he had shown that he was a great starter and he was, he was probably the best starter for certain stretches of the year. And uh, he even outright said that he was like, yeah, I, I was, I was mad for about a day. And then I said, you know what, I got to I got to pull up my big boy pants and go out and do what I need to do. 
And man, did he ever do what he needed to do and ended up, I think, logging the most innings pitch for the Rangers this year, had the best earned run average for the Rangers and really was just kind of an unsung hero in the rotation and out of the bullpen. Yeah. So uh, I'm thankful for uh, for Dane Dunning. Well, yeah, you could you could count on Dane all, all season long, whether it was in the bullpen early in the year or taking over for DeGrom when, once that happened or back in the bullpen late in the year whenever they were giving those starts to uh, Andrew Heaney because of a lot of left-handed matchups early on in the game and trying to shorten the game with left-handed uh, or, or shorten the game for those left-handed sticks. And uh, he did a really good job of getting innings whenever Bochy called on him. And, you know, um, for a guy that could have really just felt sorry for himself all season long and, and could have mailed it in and ended up kind of like what happened with Cole Raggins, maybe. Maybe, you know, possible. And I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm saying that. Well, you are saying that he was at 94 with the Rangers, and then he's out there clocking 98, 89 with 99 yeah, with Kansas uh, City. So, uh, no, but yeah, but yeah, Dane, mm-hmm. he could have felt sorry for himself. He he didn't. He went out there and he handled his business like a professional, and and he was rewarded for it all season. And you know what? I mean, here's the thing about Dane Dunning's life is there's always going to be the idea that you can upgrade from him. Mm-hmm. And that's always just going to be a part of who he is because he's a guy that throws 88 miles an hour and he throws a cutter and he throws a, a two seam sinker that he tries to keep in the ballpark and, you know, mixes up pitches all over the place and has a good slider and a good cutter. And, uh, you know, I mean, he can, he can get outs in the big leagues, but there'll always be guys going, well, we can upgrade from Dunning. Mm-hmm. And that's just well, going to be his, you know, his his livelihood as as a guy that's got a couple of good pitches and and you know all he's got to do, you know, there used to be the same thing kind of about Lance Lynn, you know, like oh, dude, you got to get rid of him before he before he fails, and you know, I mean, it, he never really really failed in the big leagues, and you know, teams kind of like passed on it, you know, I don't know, so. Dane Dunning, uh, thankful for him as well. Um, another guy in that starting rotation that we've got to be thankful for is Nathan Eovaldi and what he did. Oh. Uh, you talk about what Dane Dunning did whenever DeGrom mm. went down, but what Eovaldi did just starting that next night and going on from there, um, the, there was something special about his season and the 25 starts that he made this year and and you know i mean i think i mean i like he was ended up being like 12 and 5 but i want to say like like three of those losses came at the end of the season when he was working on getting his stuff back together and he ended up uh uh being just fine in the playoffs man like let me let me piggyback off that because man I'm thankful for that those three starts he made after DeGrom went down, man. Like I don't the I don't I don't an eight and a third or something like that. I don't know. The complete game that he had, I think it was against the Yankees. I think maybe on a Friday or a Saturday night. I was over at my sister's house. Like I've probably brought this up on the show at least three times. And it was just like we were, you know, both just like in awe. You know, it was just a moment. Like, it was a moment. To me, I told her, I was like, and it's funny because now here we are. I told her, I was like, man, if the Rangers go on and have a magical type season this year, 
course, you would, wouldn't have dared say like win the World Series at that stage of the right, year. Right, right. Um, but if they just have a memorable, magical year, like this will be one of the most memorable nights in Rangers history. And I think now, after all that went, this team went through, um, you know, for me, it's going to go down as like one of the most memorable three game stretches of all time for the Rangers, not including his playoff run, but. Really, man, those three games, those three starts that he made after the DeGrom injury, I think just in many ways changed and not changed, but maybe saved the morale of this team and kind of showed, especially the young guys or even maybe Seager and Simeon even. Um, yeah, that maybe we got showed, you. Yeah, just because, yeah, well, just because DeGrom it's, it's, went down doesn't mean we ain't got you. We, we've got guys in here. Uh, Ivaldi has been a, a playoff pitcher his whole career. A man. Well, uh, and, and not just that, but also not just, and, and I agree that like, Hey, we got you, but also like, you know, you are, we are capable as athletes of doing things that like, if we, we, we really set our mind to it of doing things that are absolutely incredible, you know, that other people around don't necessarily aren't even thinking that we can do and then blowing their minds. Cause it was kind of like, he willed himself to that. And it's like, if you're on a team like that, and, and you and I both understand what it's like being around other people that have that kind of influence, that they can just will you to make you better. Yeah. Um, that, I, that was something I thought was really cool. And I, I think it affected everybody. And I kind of think of that as being like tone setting, you know, like mm-hmm. you've you got guys that are, that that's their thing. That's who they are. That's who they're going to be is they're going to be that guy that they're going to go out and set the tone for everybody else and, and give everybody the idea of what they are, what they have to do to, to live up to the expectations of what, you know, DeGrom or uh, Yavaldi or Andrew Heaney or, uh, you know, whoever else they sign mm-hmm. to be in those roles. And, and by the end of the year, you know, I mean, you saw how, how, strenuous it can be having two starters an injured guy and a and and a couple of starters that were working out of the bullpen absolutely well why don't you uh why don't you give us another one that you're that you're thankful for i'm thankful that a couple of years ago ray davis decided that he was going to spend money on the texas rangers instead of uh shutting them down and not giving him an opportunity to bring big time ball players to his brand new stadium and, and the city of Arlington. So that's what, I, that's my next one. I'm thankful for Ray Davis finally opening up the purse and uh, start handing out bags to these guys that are, we're here to come or that, that can come here and help this thing win. And uh, you know, when, when the new CBA kind of came out and everybody was like, Oh, the, the, they, you can't tank and all that stuff. And everybody was like, oh, the Rangers can't tank no more. They got to go after it. You know what? He took that as a personal challenge and he went after it. Yeah. And, and that was actually on my list, you know, was just that, um, that I was just grateful that they made, that they made an investment, you know, a billion dollar, billion plus dollar stadium. And, you know, anything that could go wrong, did go wrong for this organization um, during that because, of course, of all years to build a stadium and unveil it is the year that we have, like, oh, sure. once-in-a-lifetime pandemic kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, you know, for the Rangers to be able to bounce back like this, not only bounce back 
but like as a business bounce back, but like sell that thing out. Like the playoffs, that stadium was electric. Um, you know, it's just the culture, the culture will never be the same um, now because of the decision that he made. And then as an owner, it's like, I don't know what all owners desire, but you know, uh, say what you want about Jerry Jones, but like, you know, making an impact in history and, like, like being somebody that everybody will always remember and, and all that, that's something that's really important to a guy like him. And so, like, Ray Davis has now kind of stamped his place in, you know, the DFW history um, as the guy who did what it took uh, to bring a championship to an organization that I think um, fully deserved it and, and has always been a high-class organization. It's always been something that here in this Metroplex, like, you know, I've always loved going to Ranger games. And so I'm just happy that like he took a chance on this team. He opened his big wallet and, and spent money and did what had to get done. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent like thankful for, for him uh, and for what he did. Um, if I had, let's see, if I have to pick, if I were to pick one more thing. That I, yeah. One more thing for, for being thankful for, um, you know, I, I, it's funny because like, I think it's going to be funny coming from me, but I'm just thankful that like Corey Seager, like said yes to that contract, like that he said yes, that he came to Texas, that he took the challenge, obviously Simeon too, because I was probably the most more critical of the Simeon signing than the Seager signing. Um, and, but I'm just thankful that those guys said yes uh, that Jake DeGrom said yes, that these guys like were willing to like, obviously they got paid big money to come here. So it's like, oh man, they said yes to, you know, $150 million. Saying yes, even though they knew that they were going to be scrutinized by media for coming in here and talking about the Rangers planning on winning whenever that's never been their MO. And they, you know, uh, so for them to not only take a chance on the Rangers, but, but put the Rangers in a spot for, 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 I don't know, all things, all things good after just two years with those guys. And, and, you know, like you said, Ray Davis and, you know, given CY the reins to go and get those guys, it just was a big deal. And, and I mean, it was, it was so cool to, to, to see, those guys signed a couple of years ago and, and how excited I was for that. And, and knowing that the possibilities of what the Rangers could be with those guys as the catalyst up the middle. Man, man. Um, I think, I think we're probably running out of time. I think oh, we could yeah, yeah. all night. Um, but I'll, you want know, to tell you something else I'm thankful for real quick. Thankful for prospects. I oh, mean, I'm thankful that we have a bright future uh, in this organization, not just from what we're doing on the front end um, with signing free agents and making big time trades and all the, the efforts that's getting made at the major league level, but, you know, down on the Rangers farm system, man, they've been developing some top, top, top notch talent and even guys that we've traded away for guys like Jordan Montgomery uh, and to come back in the, at the trade deadline. Uh, got, weren't even guys that were uh, at the top of our prospect uh, 
top of our prospect list. So that's pretty amazing. And, so and shot straight up to the top of the uh, team that they went to's prospect list. Absolutely. They went over and were number ones and number two, you know, top three or top four guys in their organization. So that tells you about the depth uh, of this Rangers farm system. Um, I'll tell you what else will tell you about the depth of this farm system. And that's us. So our exclusive content is called Down on the Farm with the Boys. We cover all things Rangers minor league. You can get all your news from every or every level of the organization. We take the time to deep dive it, uh, give you give you the the insights and and really do the work that uh, you know that you may not want to do because it does take some time and effort to do that. Um, and of course, as always, give us give you guys our opinions on what we think. Uh, the Rangers are, or, or what's going on with these guys. So for a dollar ninety nine, go to our website, TexasRangersWithTheBoys.com. Oh, one word. Or go to our Spotify page, subscribe. Just a dollar ninety nine a month. You can make our podcast your one stop shop for all things Rangers, organization wide. Um, I think there's another thing that we're both pretty thankful for. Uh, that's for our subscribers of our exclusive content, and that's for each and every one of you listeners. Uh, that, um, you know, make this make this a lot of fun for us and, and make it where we're just not, you know, yakking to each other here. Yeah, I'm definitely thankful for all the people that have been listening to the show, all the people that enjoy the show. We're thankful that you enjoy the show and give us a listen. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll be even more excited when when you people turn all your family onto us. And we've got everybody from the from the Metroplex listening and enjoying uh, Texas Rangers with the boys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So thank you everybody for tuning in. Happy Thanksgiving from the boys. Uh, don't forget to check us out on social media, TX Rangers WTV. Don't forget to check out that website, Texas Ranger with the boys.com. Oh, one word. And don't forget to on there while you're there to subscribe to our exclusive content, just a dollar nine nine a month and get all your minor league news and follow us on your favorite podcasting platform. For the 300-pound animal, this is your boy, Kev. We are Texas Rangers with the boys wishing you a happy Thanksgiving. And we are signing out.